Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He lays a clankus. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. We are very excited today. I'm, I, it's finally happened, guys. We got an actual title for the episode. Obi-Wan Kenobi Part V. I am just blown away. <laughs> uh, I, I know. Uh, it's, it's part of the whole shtick. But I, I actually, I, I still really enjoy how this is basically one giant movie. I, I mean, I think the format of this one, unlike the other episodes, probably is the most different. And if you were watching them like a movie, it might... Uh, stick out as a separate installment in some respects, but uh, but I, I just I just love how this is effectively one big Star yeah. Wars movie. Yeah, and and I really appreciate how in this episode being directed by Deborah Chow, written by Joby Harold, Hussein Amini, and Stuart Beatty, the episode basically is Imperial Forces attempt to draw Obi Wan out, and I gotta tell you, to see a over-the-shoulder shot of Coruscant and Hayden Christian. Oh, man. I I was like, I loved every minute of it. I was That was the last thing I was expecting them to open the episode with. I guess that makes two episodes that they've started on Coruscant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, I mean, this is, the, this is the flashback we were all waiting for. And I, I think I can say hoping for. I was certainly hoping for it. How, how did you guys feel seeing young, young-ish, with some age wrinkles, yeah. Anakin and Obi Wan back on yeah, screen yeah, for the first time? Steve, Steve, Steven, you go first. I got I thoughts. Mean, but you go pretty, first. It's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like this is the type of thing like you we were hoping for when we knew that Hayden Christensen was going to be in it. Um, and yeah, it's just I don't know, like riding a bike is I don't know is that the right mm-hmm. way to describe it? Like. Yeah. Seeing them, rep- like, the, for me, it was the combination of Hayden Christensen on screen, Ewan McGregor coming out with full, like, episode two Obi-Wan uh, outfit and hair. Mm-hmm. It's, there's a weird nostalgia to it that worked mm-hmm. really well. And I, honestly, in some ways, I don't think it's been matched in any other Star Wars project, just because uh, when they've done, they've either done, like, heavy de-aging, which never looks quite right, or right. Mm-hmm. Um, different actors, whatever it might be. Like, this was just... I mean, like, it's one of those things. Hayden Christensen, you could tell, like, you look a little bit older than you should here. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, like, I'm okay with it. I I was thrilled. I think the and beard that's... helps. You know, if, to be fair, um, for, or at least for, for Ewan, for Hayden, he, he definitely had a, a few more uh, uh, wrinkles, he, he looked a little bit older. Wrinkles, he yes. had the, exactly. He def, not, not like old, old, but, you know, right. he definitely didn't look like a, you know, 19 year old or 20 year old anymore. That's it. I don't care. I don't care because I love it, you know. And I, and yeah, to your point, Stephen, I'm glad they didn't do heavy de aging in, in many ways. And I I think what made it work was you got to see them do lightsaber dueling, mm. and you really weren't focused on so much the quote unquote aging of the characters. You were reliving something that you hadn't seen in a long time—a really good lightsaber battle. And the other thing that's fascinating about this. Remember when Revenge of the Sith came out 
and they made the big deal about this was the first time that you got to see two lightsabers of the same color basically mm-hmm. battle each other. Well, it actually was not the first time because technically this was the first time no. two lightsabers dueled. Uh, if you're okay, but if it's well, the fla- the, where, well, where the flashback well. takes place, but I know, but when you're I watching know. the series, even chronologically, this is technically after Event of the Sith. So I don't know if I agree with you there. <laughs> oh, come on. But um, oh, okay, wait, okay, 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 okay. I, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But yes, but I, 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 I had no problem with it because the, the other thing, sorry to interrupt, but the other thing I really loved about it was you could tell that both. Hayden Christian and and Ewan McGregor went right back to their Star Wars choreography for lightsaber fighting. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like neither of them lost a step in the whole thing. Go ahead, William. I totally agree. And they, they are some of the best lightsaber swordsmen in the films, in all the films, right? They are Absolutely. so good uh, at what they do. And seeing them... Uh, uh kind of you know battle each other in a in a training you know exercise is just it's 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 beautiful and you know i just and the the way they used the the training exercise to tell a story and to kind of frame the entire episode i thought was very well done you know it's mm-hmm. you, as you as as the 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 main plot is progressing in the present you know, we get flashbacks to them during their duel and kind of showing how Anakin never really learns. He 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 always has the exact same uh, uh, weaknesses that Obi Wan exploits throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I yeah, the whole thing was was very well done. Also, a nice kind of reversal of you know the high ground where Anakin is standing, Obi Wan's kind of on the ground, and Anakin's like, "It's over," you know. And you expect him to say the next, "I have the high ground," you know. Uh, it's just it was just so well done. Yeah, yeah. I was. I also feel like they had their fight was still really good, but at the same time, didn't have quite the kind of like theatrical ridiculousness that sometimes percolated in in Episode Three, mm-hmm. um, like. I don't know how to quite how to describe it. I felt like the the choreography was just on point, like really, really solid, still flashy in the way that Anakin and Obi-Wan have always been, but just not not quite as over the top. And I also kind of appreciate that, like, in some of it, I think, plays a little because Anakin comes across as older here. Uh, but Obi-Wan kind of comes across a little bit as a jerk here, too, which I also kind of appreciated. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little... I don't know if arrogant is quite the right word, but you... You can tell he's kind of rubbing Anakin's nose in his own mistakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on the one end, he's trying to teach him a lesson. And then right. that's what his job is. But you can also see how that Anakin's, it chafes a little bit. He's, mm-hmm. He knows Obi-Wan's not wrong, but he wishes maybe it was a little bit nicer. And, yeah, and or, that leads to a lot of Anakin's resentment later on. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It just, it works so well all yeah. all across the board. Yeah. Yes. It was really fun to see all that. And then to see Coruscant in all its glory, that that was one of the yeah. other things that was pretty cool. Uh, that, this has to be in one of the Coruscant spires, the Jedi Temple spires, right? Like, Must probably be. not the, you know, I mean, the, we know there's like the five spires. I'm guessing it's not at the very top, um, but maybe it is one of the cleared out, but there's no like chairs. So it's probably one of the, maybe it's like slightly below. I don't know. Very curious. Um, uh, it's a great room to, practice duel it's, it's beautiful mm-hmm. yeah beautiful views <laughs> yeah 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 
I wouldn't mind more more of this, please. Thank you. Yeah. And it's well, it's contrasted very well with the the rock on Jabim where it's really all like tunnels and and rock and very dark uh whereas you know the Jedi temple is is brightly lit and windows overlooking these you know gorgeous vistas it, it creates a nice contrast mm-hmm. um but yeah let's let's talk about Jabim a bit more so Obi-Wan, Roken, Leia, Sully, Tala they all arrive back on Jabim and um uh, uh and we find out that there's a bunch of refugees there there's a very important lesson here uh mm-hmm. which is airlines are apparently awful everywhere <laughs> how long does it take to get people onto a damn plane you know uh, excuse my language that's okay especially when they had two transports like right there <laughs> yeah i just i was laughing a little bit and I, it's just like okay the Empire's coming. We got to go. And they're just like, well, okay, we'll shuffle slowly with our bags. Like, no, boarding groups. It's not that hard, please. Okay, but, I, I have to say later later on when they when they finally, you know, open the doors and board the transport. Why did they wait until the doors were open to board the transports? Shouldn't they have been waiting there ready to I, take off? Well, I that's, that's, that's a good question. They didn't know if they were going to get out and then yeah. they might have needed to run. Yeah. I mean, I don't maybe, know if you but I feel like it's uh, beam, but maybe that was what they were. That was their only option or potentially an only option. I guess so. But uh, yeah, um, uh, but all I will say is just keep it as the suspension of disbelief. Just just go with that one. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, we, we see we're kind of reunited with a number of folks uh, uh Naichi and Corin Horn are there, although they don't have that much screen time. Harja, uh, Haja is there, um, and some many other refugees. I was curious to get your thoughts. Are are these all Force sensitives or former Jedi or just people that they're trying to help? I think it, they're people. I I think they're people right. that are trying to help. Or in Haja's case, he's not wanted by the Empire. Mm-hmm. So what was he going to do? He had yeah. to get off. He he had to leave. Yeah, and from some of what we hear from uh, like Tala's backstory, it sounds like uh, many of them are just Force-sensitive children. And I, judging from some of the dialogue, like I don't think they're necessarily even like Jedi material. Just like slightly more Force-sensitive than your average person, mm-hmm. and that's enough to make the Empire want them and track them. Yeah, it's... like it wouldn't surprise me. Like we saw, you know, in Bad Batch, there's like the the universal ID codes or whatever that were being handed out. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised if it, by this point there's also like, oh, to get your ID code, you need to submit a blood sample or you know something yeah, along those yeah. lines to allow the Empire to track. And sure, you boy, those mini chlorians keep coming back, don't they? <laughs> they do. They do. The, some of the some of the background dialogue I thought was a little cheesy. To be honest, or uh, it was thankfully it's not the main plot. It's like where they're like, oh, it's gonna be all right. The path will protect us. Um, but you know, otherwise, it it wasn't. You know, it, it's it's still cool to see all of the refugees here and mm-hmm. how they're they're helping them. And that you know, they Roken really gave up a lot. He gave up helping all these refugees get off planet in order to go rescue Leia, which. He kind of implies in the previous episode. We never really see the impact of that until until now, and all these people are now are waiting for him 
mm. to help them get off the planet. Yeah, the the one thing I did appreciate within that was Obi-Wan discovering that the crate had a bunch mm. of discarded lightsaber and Jedi robes. And also there were names that were written on a wall by that crate. Um, it's fascinating to see how many of the Jedi, if this is the case, gave up being a Jedi. Unlike what we saw in the first episode, whereas the one Jedi that still wanted to be a Jedi when yeah. he was on top. Yeah, it's we get some more um, some more nice, uh, very deep cuts uh, to previous Star Wars uh, uh, legends material. Uh, if you look closely on the wall, uh, if you translate the Arabish on the wall, you see uh, that uh, Dijin Altus and Roganda Asmarian are name dropped again. They were also on the wall in the safe house on Mapuzo, so we know where they, which path they came through. Um, there's someone named Tiberius. Not sure who that refers to. Uh, Corwin Shelvey and Droon Cairnwick were both characters from West End Games Galaxy Guides uh, 6 and 9, or 9 and 6, respectively. Um, we got uh, actually some references to the old hyperspace webcomics, too, with uh, uh, name-dropping Erica with a K. Sounds like that's Ayla Secura's Padawan uh, from those comics, and Drake Logan, uh, or Logan, uh, also from the hyperspace webcomics. And then some initials, uh, I think it's MF or LF, uh, EC, and an RK, which some are speculating could be Rom Coda. Don't really know. Um, but cre- props to uh, the folks on the Star Wars Leaks uh, Reddit and uh, Drunk Wookie for, for finding uh, and translating all of those. Uh, I, I, I love the little references here. I, I have an idea about Tiberius. Yeah. You think that could be James T. Kirk? Because his middle name is Tiberius. No. <laughs> I think that's unlikely, Tom. Well, just, my guess. Unless it someone's just messing with fans. <laughs> I think somebody's messing with fans. Because Tiberius, I mean, that 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 comes that, to mind. That does sound familiar. I can't I'm wondering if I'm thinking of maybe the shuttle Tiberius, which is a D, not a B, or something like that, maybe. Shuttle that would Tiberium, be interesting. Right? Yeah. That would be interesting that that at least if you put it that way, it could be a shuttle that all of those characters escape escaped on. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I I'm very curious uh, to what it is. Yeah. Well, speaking of ships, what about on the Devastator where we get to see Reva be promoted to the Grand Inquisitor? That happened fast. It did. It really did. And the thing that I found fascinating is once she got it, she she got promoted. She gets a very special pin of her own. Yeah. I, I was surprised that, you know, because Vader in the last episode promises her, hey, you find Obi-Wan or bring Obi-Wan to me and I will I will make you the Grand Inquisitor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, we know she put a tracker on Lola and um, they follow that tracker to Jabim. But before they even go and capture Obi-Wan, they give her the role of Grand Inquisitor immediately. Uh, I'm kind of surprised they didn't wait till like she delivered, you know, is this after they arrive at Jabim? Uh, I think it's on their way. Yeah. Yeah. They're in route. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say, maybe it's because Obi-Wan senses that Kenobi's there and therefore he's like, yeah, good enough. It Um, could be, but I mean, he could escape. I don't know. If I were Vader, the other thing is to reward her. (laughs) Yeah. It may be part of the plot, her twist from the end, potentially. Yeah. Where, 
Vader wants her to be overconfident or, you know, otherwise uh, not aware of what's coming her way. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, okay. So let's, let's, let's talk about that. Let, let, let's, okay. we've been talking that we've been wondering since the series started, who is Reva, right? We had theories that maybe she was a youngling. We wondered why she's doing what she's doing. Why does she have it out for Kenobi? And I just, I thought they did a phenomenal job uh, fleshing out Reva's backstory in this episode mm-hmm. while yep. making it new and unique and fresh, right? Because we find out through the course of the episode, you know, the, 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 the Empire tries to attack and Obi-Wan goes to stall them. And in the course of talking with Reva, he realizes, wait, there's no way you could know who Anakin, who, you know, Anakin was and that Vader was mm-hmm. is Anakin unless you were a youngling and you were at the Jedi temple exactly as we all suspected. Yep. Uh, and that leads to the reveal that she is, uh, she's been hunting Vader. I, which I, I appreciated that twist, but I found, I find it very surprising, which ends up paying off later that she had that kind of confidence that she could get on his good side and basically oh, no, trap this... him. Wait, wait. And basically trap him to a point to where she could kill him. I, I, I found that fascinating. Now I see. I really appreciated this because this mm-hmm. is, this is nothing if not the Sith strategy. Yeah. Oh, but... you hate me so much. Please let's just, you know, you're not strong enough to kill me yet, but if I train you, if you join the dark side, eh, maybe someday you'll get a shot at it. Like, mm-hmm. right. This is right out of the Sith playbook. It's right out of the Sith playbook, but remember later in the episode, he does look at her and say, do you not, do you not realize that I knew that was you? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, yeah. he flat out tells her and it's like, it, I find it, the arrogance that she had thinking that he would not have figured it out. I, mean, I just blinded it, by her hatred. Yeah, really? Yeah. Oh, I thought it worked very well. Like at this yeah. point, she's no longer of use to Vader. Like she's a is getting to a point, not where, not where she can threaten him. We'll talk about right. that fight in a moment, but like she's reached a point where she's chaotic enough. She's causing enough issues. She's not really useful anymore. And mm. she brought in Kenobi. Like she right. got him close enough. Yeah. Right. She's like, like tick off an enemy, mm-hmm. like, or, you know, I guess tick off Reva, like cross that piece off the board. Don't need it anymore. Almost accomplished my objective with Kenobi. Almost there. Basically going to get there. Hopefully like, no, from Vader, he's all good. This is exactly what he was looking for. Right. But it was also fascinating to see how Obi-Wan was able to talk her into mm-hmm. basically turning on Vader and kind of using that as the stall tactic to get all the refugees off planet. Right. But she she's not, and this is what, again, I really appreciate it. It's not like she's redeeming herself, right? Absolutely. She, Absolutely. She still hates Kenobi. She hates the Jedi for basically abandoning her and letting her and the, her, the other younglings die, right? Um, but she also hates Vader for killing everyone. And so she, she has this equal in, in many ways rage toward, toward, uh, uh, toward all of them. And so she's kind of, a uh, she's her on her own side. She's on nobody's side. Right. Uh, yeah, and Obi-Wan she's, can she's, she's use her to help in some, some ways. And 
try to you know uh, allow her to get close to Vader uh, unaware. And you know, I, I think at first he is probably a little distracted with Obi Wan, um, but eventually he does see her coming. Right. And yeah, it's just it's a it's a fan- fantastic fantastic dynamic. I just I I loved it. and their their interaction Riva and and actually Riva's interaction with with Obi Wan and Riva's interaction with Vader is just so good, so well written. Where she's you know like where were you? she says you know where were you when you were when he was killing my friends? You know he was your pat on. Why didn't you stop him? Why didn't you save us? And even later when she asks him. You know, Obi-Wan says that they're on the same side. And she says, is that, is that what you really want? Do you really want Vader dead? You know, it's, she, uh, she's, she's, she's pretty smart, honestly. Right. And, and, you know, she knows that Obi-Wan's trying to stall. And I really appreciated that. It's yeah. now, now can we talk about the Vader Reva fight? Let's do it. I realize yes. it's the end Go of the forward. episode. No, well, no, I let's, would. let's talk about yeah, it. No, no, no. We have to do this. <laughs> uh, I still think the Vader hallway scene is better. Um, but boy, does this fight just, it hits all the right notes mm-hmm. from like Vader, not even bothering with a lightsaber for the most part to like the <laughs> full blown taunting that's involved where like, oh, sure. Here, I'll give you a lightsaber up. Oh, got your lightsaber sucker. Like just, you gotta love Vader at his, at his prime. It's especially, especially when he gets her lightsaber after she double mm-hmm. ignites it and he pulls it away from her and basically just splits the thing in two. And doesn't he take one of them and just throw them on the ground? Yeah, like, she gives it right back to him. He's like, I'm not yeah. afraid of you, you know? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> so come, good. It's like, it, it is just, it's one of those things where it's like, this is the Vader. And yeah, Steve and I agree. At the end of Rogue One, the brutality and, and the nightmarishness of that hallway was just outstanding. It's but the brutality, the yeah, yeah. The, the brutality in this one, not so much the nightmarish, but this was the Vader we wanted to see. We wanted to see him actually wield a lightsaber and on top of that really use the force and i mean to pull away to push away to lightsaber at mm-hmm. the same time just amazing the amount of tricks that we got to see vader do in this episode was outstanding yeah, I, I i think what it is and tommy i think you as you were talking about it crystallized it the vader we see in rogue one is vader the monster this uh, is yeah. the vader the rebels are terrified of because yes you're not stopping him he is coming towards you he may not be moving the fastest. Like, he's not sprinting at you, but, like, you know if he gets to you, you are dead. Right. He's stalking you. In, yeah. What we see in this is, this is Vader in episode five. This is Vader yep. playing with Luke and being like, yeah, let's let's see what you got. Eh, I'm not really impressed. Like, yep. Yep. you are not even in a class. Mm-hmm. Not even close. No, because yeah. he, never, he never has to... Yeah, he can stop her lightsaber with just the Force. He can... You know, he he throws her around, drags her all over. He's it's his calm, cold mastery of the force. And, and the calculation yes. of everything he did was mm-hmm. brilliant. Yeah. It was so, so well done. Yeah. Um, and even where we see him, you know, we see his his raw power when he takes that refugee ship and pulls it you know, back down to the surface, force unleashed mm-hmm. style yeah. and rips apart the hole. Now it turns out it's a it's, decoy, which I right. loved the part. Like, so I loved seeing him pull the ship down. Cause that uh, straight out of force unleashed. Yep. Um, I get, 
I choose Force Unleashed over episode, was it nine that has uh, Ray do something similar? But yeah, like, and yeah, Ahsoka yeah, does yeah. as well, you know, in yeah, but, Clone but Wars. Yeah, but Ahsoka, yeah, but Ahsoka actually let But Force go. Unleashed, it was like the Star Destroyer. That's the, yeah, yeah the Force Unleashed yeah. had the big one. So, yeah. and I, I, so I was, I don't want to say I was expecting it, but like, it's a great moment of power. And the moment it gets down and he just starts ripping whole apart. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, that's, hmm, bad. Not a fan. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 terrifying, and it's so so well done. Again, you just feel Vader's power, his raw yeah. raw power, uh, and I just I loved it. And it, again, it, it's paired so perfectly with uh, you know with Obi Wan and Anakin and their flashbacks when you know uh, you know Obi Wan is telling him, "Yeah, you're a great warrior, but you need to prove yourself as you're undoing." You know, and until you overcome it, a Padawan, you will still be. Um, which makes me wonder, is that what Vader's referencing when he says, when I left you, I was but the learner now and the master because he will, he's kind of gotten over the need to prove himself. Yeah. I don't know. Cause like, I, I don't, I don't know if Vader and Obi-Wan will fight again in the series. I suspect not. I would I, hope I, not. I don't think we're going to see another fight. I do think we'll see a conversation between them. I think yeah. Obi-Wan's arc at this point needs, um, he needs to forgive himself. And I think to do that, he needs to see Vader and understand that there's nothing he can do. Yeah. That, 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 yeah, that, that's a good, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's fantastic. I think the only, the only flaw in all of this is that Vader fails to finish the job with Riva and, once again, by not confirming someone's dead, <laughs> people are able to survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he he impales her. We think she's dead, uh, but he and uh, they but they leave, and of course she's she she's able to kind of crawl her way, and you know, just like the Grand Inquisitor is not dead. Yeah, and he just comes walking in casually and kind of. What would would you say taunts Riva in the end? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Taunting is very much the right word. Yeah. How do you guys feel I, about I, the return? Sorry, Stephen, you're gonna you're gonna. No, I was, I was actually gonna address exactly that. I I'm glad he's back. I'm glad we're not even trying to do something overly clever here. Mm. I I do kind of wish we would stop trivializing the lightsaber stabs. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Because this is, it's the same thing with like Reva. It seems like she got attacked as a Padawan. She gets stabbed here. Like, lightsabers are pretty bad, generally. I I would like them to stay lethal. And we're seeing a lot of that not happening. But I'm glad he's back. And I'm glad they're not really messing with anything beyond him. Just be, his normal haughty self. They're like, yeah, of course we knew what was going on. You think Vader right. and I didn't talk about this? We were well aware. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing that was brought up because it was a a thing that when it came to Maul's survival, I think it was the hate. I think he mentioned something to the extent of it was the hatred and the wanting of the revenge that basically kept him, quote unquote, alive to Mm -hmm. survive this point, to come back the way he was. Yeah, And that's what the Grand Inquisitor says here. He says revenge does wonders for the will to live. And that's that's the only explanation we get for how he survived, which. Apparently, but, but Qui-Gon that, had a little more revenge. It, he he might have survived his 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 fatal wound as well. 
<laughs> yeah, but that, that's also kind of the same thing when it came to Maul too, because yeah. Maul really just wanted revenge against Kenobi. So it, it worked. It works to me as a good. Okay, it's a throwaway line, but it gives a, a perfectly decent explanation because they are Sith and Sith want revenge. And that was a thing that basically kept him going. He wanted revenge on Reva. Now, let's see what happens to Reva at this point. You know, because I agree, Stephen. I think it's to a point to where that one of these days, other than for Jedi, a lightsaber on a Sith has got to work. Yeah, it, it so far, it so far hasn't. And yeah. And, and that leads, I do say, I do think that while it's, it's a little silly, I feel like that people keep surviving from these, these wounds and not just that they're surviving that, you know, Vader would stab Reva, impale her and then be like, yeah, she's dead and leave her to die right there. Just like Reva stabbed right. the grand inquisitor is like, yeah, he's dead and leave him to die. And they both come back. It's like, okay, didn't you learn the lesson at this point? Um, so it's a little silly, but I do love the dynamic it sets up because let's be let's be honest. We always knew it kind of had like Leia is the driving force behind the show. She's a phenomenal uh, actress. Uh, I love the inclusion of young Leia in this mm. series, although she was kind of sidelined in this episode and really didn't get that much to do aside from opening the doors and having a brief. Yeah, I'd say know, her. The, that entire sequence felt like the weakest yeah. to me. Yeah, uh, I agree. Just I, I get that they needed them trapped, but like having the doors closed and I'd be like, like, there's a scene where the guy's just like, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but the head of the path. Mm, uh, broken. He's just like pressing buttons on his thing. Like, it's not working. It's going to take me an hour or three yeah, hours mm -hmm. or whatever it is. They're just kind of like, well, why are you just standing there? And then yeah. why are, why is a child going in to try and fix it? And she's mainly going to spend like it seemed like twenty minutes sitting in front of it. She spends um, almost the entire episode, you know, trying to yeah, figure it yeah. out, and eventually finds Lola and removes the, the restraining bolt, and everything goes back to normal, and everything's fine. She opens the doors, but uh, but but for me, really quick, for me, the one thing that kind of bothered me about that, it was too easy that she was able to fix Lola the way she did. Yes. Totally I agree. thought, I thought the way I thought the way that they had it set up, Lola was going to try and go to some kind of defense mode more so than what it actually did. Cause it seemed like all Leia had to do is like, Lola, what are you doing here? Oh, ouch. I may have gotten shocked. Oh, wait a minute. Look behind your wings. What is this? Oh, let's pull it out. Hi, Lola. You're great. Let's get out of here. Yeah. I, you know, I, that, that's kind of how it felt. I, I totally agree. Um, yeah, but so I guess we, we, like I guess saying, I love Leia in this series and she's the surprise that I think is the, the standout surprise really of, of this show. Um, but ultimately this series is about Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan's right. job is watching over Luke. And so we all kind of knew it had to end with Luke. The problem is that if you end with Luke and some sort of, uh, uh, battle over Luke or putting Luke in jeopardy, it opens up a whole can of worms uh, yep. with the canon and how could, why would the Empire know that Luke is on Tatooine and then forget about him for another 10 years? And so while the way in which Reva learns of Luke's location is kind of silly, Bail Organa completely messing up operational security and revealing enormously confidential secrets uh, in a uh, voicemail, basically. 
good job. Yeah, can I just say, I, I yeah, don't good understand how Star Wars communicators work. <laughs> like, I guess, I guess voicemail is the right analogy because he like leaves a message on Obi-Wan's calm and it's just, I don't know. It, well, yeah, it, I, it was a little bit forced maybe like they really yeah. wanted it to happen so they're like eh, we'll just make it make it work the way we need it to yeah well i think i think the other thing that if you want to be a little bit nitpicky why why when it comes to a calm like that it's not a biometric to where only obi-wan can activate it even if it's squished that anybody basically can pick it up and kind of read the message right so yeah it's, yeah yeah it's so silly like bail organa should not have said all that information Oh yeah. Like if he knew, if he hasn't heard from Obi Wan, don't send a message saying I'm going to go ta- to that Tatooine to check on the secret kid you've been watching over. Like, yeah, bad, 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 bad. But it is it does set up a really interesting finale where you know Reva can go after Luke, and Reva is now no longer aligned with the Empire. She's a free agent, and um, I she has absolutely no incentive to tell vader or anyone else in the empire about luke uh i think right because she she hates vader um so i think she'll try to go after luke potentially at to get revenge on obi-wan and maybe even right on anakin himself if she can make that connection it does she i have a feeling that their confrontation is going to be the mall confrontation again and I, I appreciate they didn't just, like, pull out Maul and use him again. Um, but I'm expecting it to be pretty similar. Like, showing up, mm-hmm. Obi-Wan realizing, realizing, excuse me, realizing he's got a duty. And, you know, that Obi-Wan defeats and kills her in order to protect Luke. Yep. He'll probably, he'll probably yeah. kill her near the Lars homestead right before she gets to Luke. Luke will be unaware that anything happened. Maybe, uh, you know, Uncle Owen will... Be thankful uh, a little bit grumpy toward Obi-Wan, but a little bit thankful that he saved Luke. I don't uh, think he's going to be thankful. No, or maybe I, I don't. Maybe no, no, he no, brought, no, brought her no. to. Yeah. No, I, I, I get this feeling. He's not going to be thankful. If, if I was in that kind of situation, I would, I mean, he's already on Owen's bad side. Okay. True. true. And I guess Obi-Wan did kind of lead Reva to Luke. So, yeah, yeah. So, and this this could also help show the animosity of 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 Uncle Owen mm-hmm. in Episode Four on how much that split between the two happened. This is just another way to drive the wedge between the two of them. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, yeah. actually, you're, you're right. You're you're totally right. Um, but yeah, I kind of like you, Stephen. I kind of think that's how it'll go down. I don't think Reva can redeem herself. I think no. she just has to die, and because the knowledge of of Luke has to die with her. Yes. And I don't think she'll tell anybody else, but she'll put Luke in danger and that will give our big moment where we can be like, yay, Luke's been saved. Uh, Obi-Wan I, did his job. I actually think we may see Reva saved. Really? I think that may be part of, I'm not saying, hmm. I can see a world where it happens as part of Obi-Wan realize, like his return to the Jedi is like, if you think about what we saw in this episode, it's a little cold-blooded that he just is like, okay, Reva, you're evil. I like, I will use you against my enemy to distract him yep. so I can achieve my goals. That's a very Sith-adjacent mindset, I would say. 
I mean, to be fair, her her goal is to confront Vader, so he's just helping her. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, he he just he just not, gave her that little push. The nut. I'm not wrong, but I I wouldn't say it's very Jedi like of him. No. Helping someone else self destruct and get murdered doesn't feel like how the Jedi want to behave. Mm-hmm. And but, so I can see a uh, I can see a potential ending where Reva is redeemed through obi-wan obi-wan is redeemed through her and her response is to just leave and she's gonna go live out in the middle of nowhere and you know try and heal or something along those lines and bury a lightsaber like uh, obi-wan uh, did in the middle of a desert i could see it actually yeah it's i it would it's a little bit tough because you in order for it to work you're right reva has to feel like we have to be confident she will never come mm-hmm. back into the picture again yes right and that's a that is a tough sell, but I yeah. I can see it. I think it's possible. Well, there is one oh, thing okay. that we've kind of alternatively. Here's another theory. Sorry, maybe that's okay. Maybe Obi Wan spares Reva. In some ways, she returns to Vader, or Vader hunts her down and kills her before she can share the knowledge. No. It, no. It's possible. I I think that's a little bit less likely. The other option is just maybe Vader's just gonna uh, kill. Or sorry, yeah, maybe like maybe yeah. she'll run into Vader again and Vader will just kill her. Yeah, that's a little bit repetitive of this episode, but possible. Yeah, I, I just I, I I don't think Vader. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, maybe maybe Obi Wan will kill her, and maybe he won't. Um, I don't think Vader can come to Tatooine though. I don't no. I don't think he can get anywhere no. near Tatooine. No. And so that's why I don't think we'll get that much Vader in the in the finale. I think it'll be mostly Reva with Vader and the Grand Inquisitor appearing here and there, but kind of taking a backseat ultimately. Uh maybe we'll get one final confrontation between Obi-Wan and Vader. Maybe. Um we'll definitely will have to see Qui-Gon, you know, Obi-Wan finally communing communing with Qui-Gon. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's I'm excited. I'm excited to well, see how they wrap it all up. The, there is one thing in this episode that did get wrapped up, and that was sadly we lost a character Tala and Ned B Ned Eight uh, in this episode. Um, I thought for a minute there because you know you, you get back to where Obi Wan had his feelings for Satine, and you almost wanted to say there's. I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but there was like there was something there that was like, yes, she was helping him. He was trying to to I, I don't know. I wasn't gonna say there was any kind of it was almost like a friend thing that you could see developing out of this series if she survived. But the sacrifice she did was kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. That to lure them into the 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 stormtroopers into the tunnel and basically with a thermal detonator and Ned it's Ned B, right? Or Ned, Ned A. Yeah. Ned, Ned B, B, sorry. Both of them sacrificing themselves just so everybody can get away. Yeah. I mean, I actually did like the character. I was kind of hoping she would stick around for a bit. Yeah, she, she's a. I really liked the character yeah. of Tala, and and um, it's it's funny you mentioned the uh, more of the the relationship between Tala and and Obi Wan because uh, the actress Indira Varma mentioned that she played the character as if she was in love with Obi Wan. <laughs> Uh, I hate to say it, that's kind of the feeling yeah, I no, got it's, from it. It's not it. canon. Um, yeah. yeah. And there is no relationship between them, but that's how she played the character. And 
yeah. and it actually came off that way and not saying that Ewan McGregor kind of picked up on that, mm-hmm. but Obi-Wan is basically a Jedi. Obi-Wan's going to help anybody. And you could almost see, and I have to go back to the, the Kenobi book, which is not canon, but there was that kind of thing in that book. And then you kind of yeah. go back to Obi-Wan and Satine, you know, and I'm not going to say that if she gave her love to Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan left the Jedi Order, I'm not going to say that thing, but you could, you could feel that was the kind of thing coming and radiating from the character. Yeah. And there was something that it was more of a friendship thing with Obi-Wan of a very good friend. But it was kind of sad because I really did like the character and would have loved to have seen her basically make it. Me too. Um, but I, I think also by the same token, they, they I think they realized that she couldn't. Maybe she no. could have been you know, out there in the galaxy separate, but there's no future with with Obi-Wan and, yeah. or, or being a friend of Obi-Wan's and... Uh, and, and, and her sacrifice was a nice, was a very emotional one, you know, the way yep. she, uh, uh, Ned B protected her and, uh, and they kind of went out together was very well done. Yeah. I do think it, a lot of what we're seeing goes towards making the Jedi feel extinct in mm-hmm. the next, however many years until we are yeah. four. like, the Inquisitors are running out of Jedi to hunt. They're hunting, you know, the dregs. The path has gotten most of them out to safety, and they're all in hiding and not visible. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Tala's purpose was coming to an end. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it also adds stakes as well and shows that people can die, um, thankfully. We know Obi-Wan can't die, of course. Uh, but it shows the the Empire is on their tail, and... And, you know, we'll be trying to kill them. And, and so it adds a nice emotional punch as well. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Also, we, we didn't mention this last week, but I have to say it's it's so cool to see the Purge Troopers in this episode uh, yep. from uh, um, from Jedi Fallen Order. It, Yeah, I just I love it. Yeah. Should we? I don't know. I, I, any other thoughts on this episode? I. I I think we, I think we nailed this one on the head. I think we did a really good job with it. Steven, what are your thoughts? You mean like a rating perhaps? I, I think we could go uh, that that's, way. That's if a you, foreign concept. Um, if, if you would like to, to start off with a rating system, that would be great. Maybe, maybe we do it out of like, I don't know, out of five. Now nah, it seems a little, maybe too great. No, like, yeah. Ten, that, ten? I think 10 because seem... five, five is two half. Five is two half. I agree. Yeah, ten, ten uh, is more of a whole. I don't, don't even know what even. that means. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, I mean, it's probably pretty clear. This was a much, much better episode, in my opinion. Um, I think the weakest part of it was like some of the Leia story plot and some of those kind of conveniences. Um, but I think this was a good example of, you know, when you nail the major beats of the story, when it feels like there's interesting things happening and you've got characters that makes sense without feeling, you know, forced. The the minor stuff becomes so much easier to kind of overlook and be okay with. Was mm-hmm. Leia's story a little bit weak? Yeah. Was like some of the stuff with Reva, you know, not dying a little bit annoying? Of course. But we got to see an awesome Vader sequence. We got to see uh, a bunch of good stuff with Obi-Wan. We got to see the flashbacks. Like all of those, I think, just made this a really solid episode uh, overall. Um, but yeah, so I mean... 
The real question, we got a little bit of an answer in this episode, is how Reva survives Order 66. Um, she mentions that, you know, she laid down among the bodies of the other younglings and was able to survive and hide, but doesn't explain how, uh, you know, she escaped. Um, and that is, in fact, there were a number of Womp Rats, uh, let's say maybe nine and a half of them, uh, that were, you know, working throughout the Jedi Temple after the you know, Order 66, um, just cleaning up in a very, you know, janitorial way and not at all in the way that rats may, you know, clean things up. Um, and they they found her and they helped carry her away and helped her plot her revenge. I can, I can go with that one. Yeah. 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 Well, why don't uh, why don't you tell us what you think, Tom? Well, I really think a lot of has been said in the episode. I really enjoyed it. I do think that yes, the the weakest part of the episode was uh, Leia inside that um, that that air vent. Uh, which, God, I do remember a character in another episode always going into air vents. This is the first time I think it happened in this one. Um, but the other thing was the Lola thing did kind of bring that down because that was too quick. I really did enjoy this episode. I will agree with you, Stephen. I will give this a nine and a half. And you see, my Womp Rats, they were the originally 10 Womp Rats that were pulling out that uh, that were on the ship that was the decoy. But because that one half um, kind of, kind of didn't work out. That's why I got pulled down. And when Vader started pulling everything apart, that's how it ended up being a half womp rat. So my nine and a half womp rats basically helped the, uh, folks escape the planet and kind of sacrifice himself. So that's what happened. William, why don't you take it, please? Yeah. I, I like, like you guys, I thought this episode was just really well done. Um, the, I, I, I think the 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 highlights for me were Vader versus Reva, seeing young Anakin and Obi Wan again, and the way they tied that into the story throughout the episode, um, and um, and and just getting finally more backstory on on Reva and what motivates her, and I think it just makes a a lot of sense. And you know, in in hindsight, it's funny. In hindsight, it's like, oh yeah. Of course, we should have we should have predicted that you know she would be the one that gets information on Luke uh, and would be kind of a on her own at this point. It's really the only way they can add they can have a battle over Luke uh, in a way that 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 you know is consistent with the the story as we know it. And so, uh, yeah, I, I loved all of that. I think the some of the parts in the tunnels where they're being attacked was. We're, we're good. Um, I, I think the maybe the thing I kind of missed is I, I just I really like that Obi Wan and Leia relationship, and we didn't get as much of that in the last few episodes, uh, really. Um, and part of that makes me I just really I really like those early episodes uh, for for that reason. Um, but this episode is so well done, and so I'm gonna give it eight and a half Womp Rats uh, out of ten, and my eight and a half Womp Rats. Um, they, uh, they actually were helping Leia in the vents, um, free, uh, they were, you know, helping her dig through all of those cables because Womp Rats are very good at, you know, sorting through cables and, and things to figure out the, the solution and to open up the, the, uh, the hangar bay doors. Yeah. But don't Womp Rats also chew cables? They do. That's why they're very good at, with cables. Okay. Got it. Yeah, all right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. 
<laughs> took them a while to find the right one. Exactly, because they were, you know, a little hungry. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, yeah, I guess that that wraps up this episode. This has been. I'm really enjoying this series, mm-hmm. and I'm excited to see how they wrap it up. I know there's discussions that, you know, oh, it's been so successful. Could Disney Plus make it and make another season? I kind of hope they keep it a limited series. I, I like that yeah. about the series as much as I would love to see more. Um, but I guess we'll find out. But, you know, I, I, if you're listening to this, as we're, as we're recording this, the season slash series finale drops tomorrow or actually tonight in just a few hours. So yep. soon we will have an answer as to well, all of these questions. So we want to thank you all for listening as always. And we'll be back next week with our review of Obi-Wan Kenobi part six. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga from the films and animated series like the Clone Wars and Rebels to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.